RTHK, the news at one with Robert Kemp. The headlines, the Pentagon says it remains unsure about the nature of the three unidentified objects shot down by fighters since Friday. Organisers say the next Hong Kong Marathon will be held this November. And in sport, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles in a thrilling Super Bowl. The Pentagon says it has not yet been able to definitively assess the nature of the three unidentified objects shot down by U.S. fighters since Friday. Speaking after the latest object was brought down over Lake Huron in Michigan, the U.S. Assistant Secretary of Defense, Melissa Dalton, said they had acted out of an abundance of caution. The commander of U.S. Northern Command, General Glenn Van Herc, said the objects were hard to classify, unlike the Chinese balloon shot down off the eastern U.S. coast over a week ago. These are objects. I am not able to categorize how they stay aloft. It could be a gaseous type of balloon inside a structure, or it could be some type of a propulsion system. But clearly, they're able to stay aloft. The Department of Defense says the latest object was flying at an altitude of 6,000 meters over Lake Huron, and the Pentagon believes it had potential surveillance capabilities. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. What we have now are three objects shot down over the last three days. Alaska, Canada, and now over Lake Huron in the state of Michigan, which of course is close to the Canadian border. We understand that this latest object was first detected over the state of Montana on Saturday. The decision was taken and ordered by President Biden out of caution. Officials do not consider it to have been a military threat. Organisers say they plan to hold the next Hong Kong Marathon on November the 19th and that hopefully more overseas runners will take part. Dennis Ong, executive director of the Hong Kong Association of Athletics Affiliates, said on average there have been over 10,000 overseas participants each year, but yesterday there were only about 500. He said prior to the pandemic, about 70,000 people were allowed in each race, but yesterday's event was capped at 37,000. Speaking on an RTHK programme, he said hopefully things will change for the better. We believe the quota will increase as we return to normal. Last year, during the application period, there were still quarantine and isolation measures. We hope overseas participants will return as normality resumes, so that the marathon will be an international event again. Accountancy firm KPMG China is calling on the financial chief Paul Chan to issue another round of spending vouchers in his budget next week. It says permanent residents and new arrivals should receive $5,000. Speaking at a press conference in Central, KPMG China tax partner Stanley Ho said part of the amount should be restricted to sectors like catering and tourism, where business might take up to two years to get back to pre-pandemic levels. In the meantime, it is critical for uh, the local consumption to help the economy recovery, as well as boosting the confidence of various merchants to make their investment. For example, merchants may hire more people, as well as open more stores, if they see an increase in demand. KPMG is the last of the big four currency firms to put forward its stance on more spending vouchers. Only one Ernst Young has come out against. The military authority's deputy chief executive, Daryl Chan, says the Middle East is interested in expanding into the Hong Kong market as the region looks to increase its investment in Asia. 
Mr Chan said he'd met representatives of various financial organisations during his trip to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates last week, along with government officials. We saw considerable interest in how Hong Kong can help with their financing or help them with their investment decisions or strategies in future. They feel increasingly that Asia will be a rather important market in future, be it the source of financing or for investment purposes. So I think it's a good opportunity. Mr Chan said the military authority is planning another visit to the Middle East in the coming months to hold further talks with central banks in the region. The artificial intelligence chatbot ChatGPT was released two months ago and it has become a worldwide sensation for its ability to make comments and give answers on just about any topic. Kinney Mew is the founder and lead engineer of MindLayer a company building AI-powered chatbots for customer service. He says he's concerned that businesses here are too cautious to make the most out of the technology. Most of the clients that we work together, they are very afraid of this kind of generated model. I'm not specific about ChatGPT because ChatGPT is one of the many generated models. The generated model means a model you can generate uh, text. Okay, by itself, it's not controlled by the by the programmer, but but itself can generate uh, free text forms, this kind of thing. From my perspective, I think uh, other companies, maybe in the U.S., they're more open to this kind of uh, tools. They they can take that risk. They can use those kind of generative model to let the model itself to generate the content without considering too much about the restriction. Israeli President Isaac Herzog has warned that the country is on the verge of constitutional and social collapse as a political crisis intensifies over the government's plans to overhaul the judiciary. On Saturday, tens of thousands of Israelis held anti-government rallies for the sixth week in a row, denouncing the plans as an attack on Israel's democracy. In an unscheduled televised address to the nation, Mr Herzog called for all sides to stop the madness and to reach a compromise. We're not in a political division. We're in the midst of a crisis, and therefore, as Israeli presidents have done before in such extreme cases, I refuse to stand aside. I see and hear the protests across the country, a wide audience of patriots who are fulfilling the right to protest and committed to the destiny of the people. We all feel that we're at a moment before a collision, even a violent collision, that we're on the verge of an explosion. The BBC's Sebastian Usher has more on the background. You've got the government, which is widely regarded as the most far-right in Israel's history, which wants this reform because it sees the judiciary essentially as being against its interests, but has portrayed it as they have excessive power, that it's an elite, but it's out of touch with the Israeli people. On the other side, you have a large number of Israelis. I mean, one of the statistics I saw was that one in four Israelis are against this reform, who have taken to the streets every Saturday for the past six weeks, saying that this is an attack on democracy in Israel. The Israeli government has approved nine Jewish settlements in the occupied West Bank, which were previously illegal outposts. The first such move by the new government of Benjamin Netanyahu. It also announced the construction of new homes there. More than 33,000 people are now confirmed to have died in the earthquakes that struck Turkey and Syria as bodies are steadily recovered from ruined buildings. The situation in Syria, where there is a civil war, is especially bad. 
Mana al-Kabutli lives in the Syrian town of al-Asarib in Idlib province. There is a lack of equipment. It is not impossible to remove the rubble, okay? But it takes us too long to remove it. The people died and we cannot reach them in the proper time. Other countries in the outside standing and looking and watching us dying without doing anything. Why are they ignoring our pain? The Hong Kong search and rescue team in Turkey say they have no plans to leave, even though the so-called golden 72-hour rescue window has long passed. Members of the 59-strong team on Saturday pulled out three people trapped under six metres of debris. Deputy Chief Fire Officer Yu Meng Yeung, who is leading the Hong Kong team, said none of the three were in a serious condition and they were encouraged after finding them. In the next few days, we will continue to stay in touch with the International Rescue Coordination Team and let them assign work for us. We also saw some areas that were seriously damaged but where there were no rescuers yet. We'll do some inspections in these areas. If residents seek help, we'll contact the coordination team and do rescue work if appropriate. Hundreds of thousands of people have held protests in the Spanish capital, Madrid, against the regional government's management of the healthcare system. <coughs> Excuse me. Doctors in the Madrid region have been striking since November, warning that their healthcare infrastructure is on the verge of collapse. Well, our situation is getting worse and worse as we have fewer resources and less staff. We believe everything that's being done is in favour of private health and it's a business. We think we have to fight against this and defend the public health as it is what makes us all equal. Madrid doctors accuse their local authorities of investing less in healthcare than any other region in the country. Reports are coming in from the north of Burkina Faso of an attack in which at least 12 civilians have been killed. Locals in Kossi province closed to the border with Mali told the French news agency that armed men on motorbikes stormed into the village of Senakadugu early on Friday. It's thought the assailants were members of an Islamist insurgency. Business news and new mainland bank loans jumped more than expected last month to record 4.9 trillion yuan, or about 720 billion US dollars. Central Bank is looking to kickstart an economy hit by COVID and a weak property market, and where growth has fallen to 3%, one of its lowest rates in nearly half a century. Vicky Wong has more. January's new loans more than tripled December's tally and exceeded analysts' expectations, according to data released by the People's Bank of China on Friday. Mainland banks tend to issue more loans at the beginning of the year to gain higher quality customers and win market share. But the size of the increase has spurred hopes that business and consumer confidence is improving rapidly after the COVID curbs were lifted in December. Analysts polled by Reuters had predicted New Yuan loans would jump to 4 trillion last month, up from 1.4 trillion in December and above the previous monthly record of 3.98 trillion yuan in January 2022. US workplace safety authorities have fined a Pennsylvania confectionery factory more than 14,500 US dollars following an accident last year in which two workers fell into a vat of chocolate. Mars Wrigley was cited in the June accident, with authorities saying the workers weren't authorised to work in the tanks and weren't trained on proper safety procedures. Emergency responders were able to free the pair by cutting a hole in the bottom of the tank. 
Sport and in Phoenix, Arizona, the Kansas City Chiefs have beat the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35 to win the Super Bowl. It's the second NFL title in four seasons. The Chiefs raised a 10-point halftime deficit to add the title to the one that capped the 2019 season. Now to the English Premier League and Manchester United will have a chance to go top of the table on Wednesday if they win at Leaders Arsenal. City moved to within three points of the Gunners after beating Aston Villa 3-1 at the Etihad. The game was watched by the BBC's Vicky Sparks. A challenging week off the pitch for City ended with a response on the pitch that was almost as strong as Pep Guardiola's pre-match press conference. In front of a defiant Etihad, which loudly booed the Premier League anthem after the organisation charged their club with over 100 alleged financial breaches, City were almost out of sight before half-time. Courtesy of Rodri's early header, Gundogan's tap-in and Mahrez's penalty, won by former Villa man Jack Grealish. They took their foot off the gas in the second half, allowing Watkins to pull one back, with teenager John Duran smashing a superb effort against the bar for Villa late on. But the win was certainly deserved. Now attention turns to the trip to Arsenal on Wednesday, arguably the biggest game of the season so far. Manchester United are third in the table, two points behind City after beating Leeds United 2-0 at Ellen Road. BBC's John Murray was at the game. Manchester United would expect that any win for them at Elland Road would have to be hard fought and so it was with this one despite their positions at the opposite ends of the table and leads again under the interim management of Michael Skubala. To a raucous backdrop it was fiercely contested. The two goalkeepers played their part. Diogo Dallo swerved a shot onto the Leeds United crossbar but it was Manchester United who produced the quality and the goals to win it in the last 10 minutes. Marcus Rashford rising to head in Shaw's cross for his 13th goal for his club since the World Cup and 21st in all this season and five minutes later substitute Alejandro Garnacho burst into the box and finished well to double the lead and win them the match. And now the weather, sunny periods in the afternoon there will be coastal mist, mainly cloudy with one or two rain patches tonight. Light to moderate easterly winds becoming moderate northerly winds tonight. The outlook becoming appreciably cooler tomorrow with one or two rain patches at first. Temperatures on Wednesday morning will fall to around 13 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. The weather will improve. Sunny periods in the following couple of days, still cool in the morning and dry during the day. Temperatures can be 24 degrees, humidity 78%. To win the news, the top story once again. Pentagon says it remains unsure about the nature of the three unidentified objects shot down by fighters since Friday. And that's the news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
Caroline Polachek on Radio 3 and Billions. Good afternoon. Monday, we're back on it again. And it's just about 20 minutes past one. Going to have two fabulous people for you to meet between now and two o'clock. So I've got to go like the proverbial. But bearing in mind, tomorrow we remember a wonderful man who was clubbed to death and cut up and all sorts of stuff. But somehow he is the face and voice and memory of lovers everywhere. Of course, I'm talking about St. Valentine. Flowers are the order of the day. So I'd like to invite you to join us on our Facebook page where we are live with the one and the only Dr. Solomon Long. How are you? Welcome back.